Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Perry Zhang, who I've known for a few years now. Perry is the founder and CEO of Cashflow Portal, a modern syndication software that we actually use. He was an engineering manager at Lyft for five and a half years and worked as a software engineer at Twitter and Amazon before that. Perry is also a lead sponsor in over 1,000 units. Welcome to the show, Perry. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Gary, for having me on the show. So yeah, my name is Perry Zhang. I'm the founder and CEO of Casual Portal. I am located in Seattle. The company is in Seattle. I have my background in tech, and then I start becoming a lease indicator on a few apartment complex deals. And the company is a combination of my engineering background and my real estate syndication experience. Well, we were shopping for a new portal I forget the timeline. I don't know. Six months ago, we were having problems with ours and I wasn't involved at all. I had my operations person go through all the different kinds. And she said, you know, Cashflow Portal is the best. Let's do this. And she was really gung-ho. So I'm excited to have you on the show to, to talk about that and talk about the benefits of it. Because, you know, I know as a syndicator, it saves me so much time and energy putting everything up on the portal, having the K-1s there, the deal everything that an investor needs saves me time and money so we could focus on what we need to focus on. But yeah, talk a little bit about your portal and how it's different from others. Yeah, absolutely. So by the way, we met your operations person, you know, virtually going through the whole migration process and they have been amazingly professional. So a kudos to building a world-class team there. For us, so the experience is coming from my own syndication journey where initially the first deal was just spreadsheets. So if one does not have a portal, you have to send the DocuSigns to all the investors. They sign it and you as a general partner needs to countersign the documents. And it's not like one document. It's actually one document with different uh, variations because the signature blocks are different for different types of investors. If they are an individual, they are ILC, joint tenancy, or IRA custodian, they sign in different places. It's the same document. So that's complexity number one. You have to manage all the documents and countersign them. And complexity number two is if they want to get distributed dividends, you have to keep all of that on a spreadsheet. And every time when they need to change the address in the bank account, they have to email that to you or fill out a Google form and you update the spreadsheet. And that's what I literally what I did back in the day. 
then when it's K1 season, you have to create different Google Drive folders or you send them through email or your accountant sends through them. And sometimes, you know, email is irreversible. Once you send it, you cannot retrieve it back. So in case something happens and then as an investor, you know, like, do I want a way to check all my emails and check all the things that are coming in and then piece the puzzle together? Or do I want a centralized place that I can go to to get everything I needed? And it's almost like a system of record for all my investments, alternative investments other than stocks. And so the need was there and I experienced it uh, viscerally because I'm a syndicator. So I know exactly what that means, like what the pain points are. And then the hardest part is kind of building it and then building out the company, building out the team. And it's also the most rewarding part. So I'll kind of pause there. How long have you been building and working on Cashflow Portal? Yeah, I started working on it in April of 2020, believe it or not. I was still a engineering manager at Lyft. I was a good employee and was a good engineering manager and a good software engineer. And for a year and a half, I actually pay it out of my pocket, my own pocket, spend about 600K of my own money to hire seven engineers and build it uh, part-time. I was still part-time live uh, for a year and a half because I'm actually very risk averse. And so before we raise any money, I spend 600K my, of my own money. And the thought process was I will take almost everything I make from Lyft minus all the taxes and then pour it into my startup. And if the startup fails, you know, I lost money, but I don't lose anyone else's money. And I will just keep my job at Lyft. That was the thought process. I got permission from them, all that stuff. And they understood. And because I was a high performer, they're like, sure, go for it. Because I was still doing very well at work. And the turning point was we, in, so I started in 2020. 2020, we use a large syndication software for the race. That's not my own because the software was not ready. And I was very adamant that we should not use my own software because it's not ready. It's a very, very large syndication software, uh, very famous. And then the second year, um, I used my own software. <laughs> I was still at Lyft, so I couldn't disclose that I own the company. And so the investor went through it. They're like, whatever you're using this year, it's better than last year. I was like, really? The other company is... Uh, $1.5 billion valuation at the time. And so I see there must be something here. So that's when I actually quit my job and apply to Y Combinator. And uh, for those of the audience, uh, Y Combinator is a Silicon Valley incubator program. Some of the alumni include DoorDash, Airbnb, Dropbox, Instacart, and, and so on and so forth. I can't believe you, you started it just a shade under three years because you've really come a long way. And mm -hmm. I remember people talking about it, you know, even two years ago. So kudos to you. Obviously, you must have an entrepreneurial mindset. Being a syndicator, you have to have that mindset and taking that leap of faith of starting this software company. Where did that develop and how have you developed it over the years? Yeah, good question. I, I grew up in a humble kind of lower middle class immigrant background. My parents we owned a Chinese-American restaurant. And I didn't do much entrepreneurship when I was growing up. I was more academically driven. 
But I do remember multiple times that I asked my parents as a 10-year-old kid that why couldn't we do more advertising and why couldn't we hire more people so that we can open multiple restaurants uh, like Panda Express. And they said that, well, we don't have money to hire another chef. And my response to that is, well, why couldn't we get some money, hide the shelf? Otherwise, we never get out of this loop. So that was the extent, which is like I look at the advertising for other restaurants. Like, why couldn't we do that? Then when I went to college, it, I was still very academically driven. When I got a job, I always have side projects, like engineering projects. And sometimes well, we want a few hackathons and so on. Then... We real estate, I started with single family. I bought about seven single families before going into syndication. So that became the next hobby. Then syndication was kind of the ultimate hobby, right? And so by the time I started a company, I could actually say I have not started a company before. And so that was actually one of the worries I have. I'm a solo founder. I am also a first-time founder. So, you know, what legitimacy, what evidence do I have that I could succeed? I don't know. Now looking back, I could make the argument that buying a syndication as a general partner is technically a business. It's absolutely a business. It's no longer about you know rental income. That's important, but you are actually being a manager, managing the on-site management company who in turn manages the on-site manager, who in turn manages the maintenance folks and so on. So that helps. The other thing that really helps is I became a engineering manager for three years before I quit Lyft. I was there for five and a half years. And for three years of that, I was an engineering manager. Before that, I was a staff engineer. And I think I got the praise that I am a good manager. And you know, business is a lot, comes down to leadership and management. So yeah, so that's why I will answer. So I didn't have, you know, it's not like I started multiple businesses before that. And, but then again, once we got into Y Combinator, they also say, you know, you a repeat founder is useful, but there are some of the biggest companies are built by first-time founders. Jeff Bezos, Amazon was their first company and so on and so forth. But they also all have a kind of a, track record or paper trail of success in what they do. And I will say to the audience that don't self-select yourself out just because you only have an entrepreneurial background. Being high performer at work is, is an indication already. Yeah, absolutely. And I love your story as a 10-year-old, how perceptive you were to see the competition basically and thinking about a scaling up at such a young age to, to see that is tremendous. And obviously you have had experiences along the way and some of the biggest like skill sets you need, obviously you don't need to know everything, but perseverance, you know, problem solving, basic skills that, that you can learn anywhere are the foundation of being an entrepreneur. Certainly being part of the one incubator and having mentors is just a huge, huge help, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yes. I like that. The single most important ingredient to starting any business, let alone a startup, which has a high probability of failure, is persistence and perseverance. And 
the interesting thing about that is it's hard to determine if someone has grit based initially because you might say that if they are confident on the interview or initially they have grit, but that's not exactly true. Some of the most low key people are the grittiest when you know the shit hits the fan. Uh, they just don't show it. So it's really hard to determine a priori, um, you know, who has perseverance. Yep, absolutely. What was the biggest rocket fuel for Cashflow Portal? Up to this point, we have not done any outbound marketing. <laughs> we have not done any cold emails per se. We have not done any Facebook ads. We have not done any Google ads. And so uh, why are we growing really fast? One is we really, really care about customer service and excellent response time. We have a WhatsApp group and the customers can ask any questions that's dedicated to that customer. And we our response time is less than like 20 minutes. And when they have a bug they need to fix, we usually fix it in like 24 hours or sometimes in the same day. My mindset has always been take what we have, make the best out of it. And hopefully the universe is on our side to grow this pie. I would rather do it that way than do it in a way that try to get as much of the pie and do a okay job on all of them. Now, that actually has consequence. Sometimes I do wonder to myself, am I, are we not being aggressive enough on chasing after more customers? And But right now we're super busy, so it is what it is. So that's that. So that's one thing, which is really focus on the quality of the product instead of marketing. We should do marketing and we will, but in the initial stages, it was all about, okay, I have five customers. Fine. Let's do a great job on those five. And then let's nice slowly they will refer. Syndication is a small world. Everyone knows everyone else almost. When they send out the offering link, they uh, the investors will click on the offering link. And so those some investors might want to become syndicators one day. And so a lot of people are in the same mentorship programs. So the technical term is it has a high virality coefficient. It spreads quickly. And I didn't like plan it. It just happens that way. So that's definitely the biggest driving force, which is word of mouth. And But word of mouth is a very vague term, but I think it's the combination. If I have to distill it to one sentence, is that we as a company care and you cannot fake that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you do quality work. You know, word of mouth will happen. People will talk about it. That's how we've, you know, exponentially grown our business. And I was reading in Facebook and other and hearing other people talk about how good this portal was. You know, like people would post, you know, hey, I'm thinking about X portal. And I would see people talk about Cashflow Portal. So obviously I was interested. I'm like, hey, Jacqueline, you got to check this out. We're hearing really good things. Is this better than what we're currently using? You know? And so yeah, word of mouth is huge. And yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I saw it happening for your business. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Cashflow Portal five years from now? What other things you might offer, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. Our goal is to go. So our goal is to go IPO one day. When we join Y Combinator, that is what I signed up for. And so this is a decade-long journey. And so so that's that. Cashflow Portal. Cashflow is the brand. Portal is the feature. And so... In the future, it's an umbrella 
uh, under cash flow. We want to do more things that your journal partners need. So right now, we are an investor portal that helps streamline their backend office. What else do the investors, uh, general partners need? They need to send out monthly updates, which we have, but they're spending a lot of time on those monthly updates. So in two months, we will have ChatGPT write the emails in less than three seconds. And we have cash flow KPIs that can keep track of all the KPIs. And so that will be a huge, really reduce the friction for people to send out emails. So cash flow KPI, cash flow, you know, um, ChatGPT. And then why else does the journal partner uh, wants to earn interest rate on the money they raise before they deploy that capital into their CapEx budget? And what if they can earn 4.5% to 5% interest rate on it in today's market? And we will introduce cash flow bank that allows them to put some of the money in a money market account. And they can set the threshold on what money they want to be on the operating account, what money they want to be on the cap, the money market account. When the operating account goes down a certain threshold or certain percentage, we automatically allocate it. So they never, they always have enough money on the operating. Now, this is a software layer bank. It's not the actual bank. We actually partner as a company with different banks. So uh, imagine that we will partner with 10 banks. Each of the banks offer a 250K FDIC insure. So our FDIC insure is actually 2.5 million instead of 250K. So which is like, so cash flow bank. Now I want to like mention something that is something, you know, it's really relevant because of the Silicon Valley bank Part. But that idea actually has been in my head for like the last six months, which is so busy that we never got around to, you know, work on it. So that's that's useful. I believe that's very useful. We have a sister website, Cashflow Marketplace, which is why else does the general partner want? They want ability to kind of get more people to know them without their own investors, you know, being exposed to the marketplace. And so we we built that. And so the goal is to create a ecosystem, a list of tools that the general partners need and that help them in different verticals of their business. And so you can deposit your money, you can run your operations, you can track your KPIs, you can send out updates really easily. That's all in sync. Problem management software is very difficult and that's kind of like a almost like a race to the bottom. And so that is something probably would do last, but or never, I don't know. Very cool. I'm pretty excited to see these new functions. Which one do, are you most excited about? KPIs. Okay. Why is that? Yeah. Because okay. you, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, well, we're always measuring stuff and you know what gets, gets measured gets managed. So we always want to see where our bottlenecks are, what's performing, what's not performing. So it's data, 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 you know? Understood. What another feature we're working on is cash flow underwriting, which allows you to drop in a T12 on a Renro and we automatically populate the underwriting model. You can do different scenario planning, like whether the GP wants a certain split. You can do sensitivity analysis with a click of a button and so on. And so that thing is very math oriented, very mathy. And so the good news is that we've been hiring really good engineers and some of these folks, you know, perfect SAT score, you know, almost perfect GPA, you know, MIT uh, represents 
international math Olympiad, that kind of thing. And they're like, okay, well, if you like math, this is your underwriting tool. So it's all coming together to some degree. But again, it's one sentence. It will take us like a couple of years to actually bring that to fruition. So yeah, the mindset shift for me was, you know, we have done quite a lot in three years. But given what we know, the mindset shift is not to think that we have finished the things that people have. The mindset shift is why else do the customers want? And is there something like that on the market? And if not, can we make it better? Well, I, there are many, many investor portals and we have tremendous respect to for our competitors. But even something that's pretty saturated, we can do a good job. Uh, we want to do a even better job on different parts of the general partners business. So yeah, I think the mindset shift is to think that we are still at the very, very early stage. Syndication as an industry is actually at the very early stage. That's what I believe. And it helps us to keep going. And we are very excited about the next couple of years. And I want to take two years at a time. <laughs> well, very cool. I mean, it's, it's remarkable how much you accomplished and this, and to hear your vision is fantastic. I know for our underwriting tool, we've constantly massaging it, improving it, tweaking it, getting it better. Oh, this scenario, this scenario, this scenario. And I really believe it's one of our secret weapons because of all the different things that it can do and, you know, risk mitigation and, and everything. Excited to see yours when it's completed eventually. And it's been a pleasure having you on and sharing your entrepreneur journey, uh, creating a tremendous portal. And not only that, but all these other, like you said, um, future companies to, you know, or, you know, under the umbrella. So really excited. Can you tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and your company? Yeah. The best way is to email me at perry at cashflowportal.com. You can also go to our website, cashflow.portal.com. And on the upper right-hand corner, there is a link to schedule a demo. You can find me on LinkedIn as well, Perry Zeng. Yeah, it's awesome great to be here. Thank you so much, Perry. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.